The Mac has a long and storied history, but video games play a very small role. In this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we discuss the state of Mac gaming. Can the hardware handle the demands? Where are the blockbuster titles? What can Apple do to be viable in the market? It's all coming up next. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. During its reveal of the new M2 Mac Mini, Apple pointed out its ability to provide the performance that video game enthusiasts demand, which brings up the Mac state as a gaming machine. So on this show, we thought we'd talk about Mac gaming, and there are several perspectives we're going to cover the hardware the game development, the viability of market, and the culture clash of uh, gaming and Apple. Jason recently reviewed the M2 Pro Mac Mini, and he also took a look at it as a gaming machine. It does well for its size, I should say, right? <laughs> Not for its price. Yeah, it's the first you know, like desktop machine in a while that is A, affordable. And B, like, has that graphics level that can handle, like, those PC-level games. Like, the old Mac Mini, the old Intel Mac Mini was, you know, not that. Nor is the, is the you know, the, the M1 was good, but this one, so the M Pro brings that higher-level graphics without jumping to the M1 Max, which is, like, $2,000. So, that's why Jason looked at it, because it's kind of that sweet spot for gamers. You know, 1300 bucks to decent price, delivers good graphics. And Apple is, you know, kind of selling it. If you look at their their website, like that's part of the appeal of the Mac Mini. Yeah. To be clear, the version we looked at was not thirteen hundred bucks, right. and you have to spend at least like sixteen hundred or fifteen hundred to get the full M2 Pro. And where they cut you back is in the GPU. So it it's considered a fifteen hundred to two thousand dollar desktop computer with decent graphics. Like, how does it compare to that in the PC world of gaming systems and stuff. You can really kind of stop there in terms of comparisons because it's tiny and silent. The $1,500, $1,600 gaming PC you buy is not going to be the size and silence of a Mac mini <laughs> like at all. Right. And that definitely plays a factor. Like You can expect more performance out of a big loud box than this tiny quiet thing. But nonetheless... It's really hard to look at modern titles. There just aren't a lot of modern, like really high end, like graphics performance pushing titles on, on the Mac. But one of the ones they highlighted was the new Resident Evil, which has been out on the PC since a little bit last year. But it's out and it supports their new metal upscaling technology. All the all the PC GPU makers have fancy upscaling like DLSS and stuff. They have their own now. It supports that. So I looked at it and like comparable stuff. At a same priced PC, you're looking at two to two and a half times the performance. <laughs> like that's not that's not a little bit. That's not like, oh, this one gets 60 frames a second, this one gets 80 frames per second. It's like this one gets like two and a half times the frame rate. <laughs> that's crazy. It's like crazy faster how how much faster a PC is. Yet it is enough performance to have like real modern high-end games then you may not get the very very highest settings you could get on a pc with a pc gpu at the same price but you can get like real modern good games 
they're missing some stuff like ray tracing and and things like that but you can have a good game experience especially with the new metal upscaling almost no games support that yet but as they do you could that that really helps it, it essentially renders the game at a lower resolution and then upscales it with fancy technology that makes it look pretty much like the like in motion it looks a whole lot like you just rendered it at the higher resolution so you get a lot more frame rate when you're talking about acceptable frame rates is there i don't want to be too elementary about it but what is acceptable in terms of a frame rate a little bit depends on the kind of game you're playing because for the super fast reflex esports competitive things where you're milliseconds matter that you're the guy who shot first or whatever um, those guys look for north of 120 frames per second they get these high refresh rate monitors that we're looking at monitors now that 240 300 frames uh, 300 uh, hertz and stuff like that on the pc and they don't even necessarily look for the super super high resolutions they they want it to run and they want the lowest input latency and all that other stuff it's the super highest frame rate. So there's kind of no ceiling there, but you want like well over a hundred frames a second for like those super high-end esports competitive, you know, things. For for most like just like premium AAA action games, gamers focus in on 60 frames a second. Not for any one particular reason, just because most games have what they call V-Sync. They sync the frame rate to the vertical refresh rate. Just like we've we've all seen, we know what ProMotion is, right? If you don't have ProMotion, you you better be at sixty hertz, or it's it's jittery. Or you can turn VSync off, and then you get these like break lines through lines breaking through the screen. Nobody wants that, so they focus on sixty because kind of every monitor can do sixty or some multiple of sixty. Every TV does sixty hertz. That's so sixty frames a second is kind of like don't drop below sixty at any point because then it looks jittery slower paced games like strategy games and and certain rpgs and stuff like that they could be at 30 and anytime you make the frame rate lower that just means you have more time to draw the screen so your graphics could be fancier so maybe you you have a better time playing a final fantasy game or something like that with like menu driven commands and whatever at 30 frames per second with fancier graphics and that's okay too so 60 is kind of that bar where it's like you want to be at 60 all the time as much as possible. And anytime you can have any kind of variable refresh rate technology, that's always good because then as the frame rate fluctuates, as different stuff is drawn on the screen, you never get that juddery feeling. It just screen refresh rate follows your frame rate instead of the other way around. And then it's, you're good to go. And you could definitely, you know, playing, playing Resident Evil Village with fairly high settings and fairly high resolution you can maintain a pretty close to you know 60 or and above refresh rate the problem is you can get like 300 frames a second on an equivalent priced pc now when when you're playing that game as a you know, just a regular person looking at a regular monitor what like how does how yeah. much better does the pc look versus the, the mac or do you have to have them side by side to really see it i set the settings to the the as close as possible to the same high graphic settings you have a few more options on the pc side and you have ray tracing for some lighting stuff which i didn't turn on to make it apples to apples 
but it looks very similar. They 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 did a good job of just they used all obviously it's all the same art assets and stuff. And the rendering technology looks more or less the same. I made them look visually the same. You just get it's just smoother. On the, on the, but but on noticeably the so. Like you can by playing, you can you can clearly tell. Yeah, especially if you crank up the resolution to like 4K. If you have a 4K monitor or you hook it up to a 4K TV, well now that that Mac Mini is going to struggle, and a PC isn't. Uh, an equivalently priced PC is. There is a community of gamers. I think we all know. There that. is. And we, yeah, <laughs> we could talk about more of the culture stuff. But in terms of like hardware, so Apple's now using integrated graphics in their M series yep. Max. Yeah. Whereas the gaming community is used to using what Mac people might know as external graphics. These they're you know they're graphics cards that are not part of the CPU and PCs. They're they're in slots. two years later you could buy a better one and stick right. it in there. Right. Yeah. And they come out like twice a year and they're always it's you know they're it's big business. NVIDIA AMD mm-hmm. are always trumping each other. Yeah. You know, every six months here's the new one, here's the new one, here's this this RAM and this feature and this fan and it's you know so it's 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 big business for for gamers. Yeah, so does that make it a harder sell, the fact that Apple uses integrated graphics in its chips? The lack of upgradability in general is a huge issue. And 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 it's one that I don't think Apple's ever going to turn around on because they're uh, you can't upgrade the RAM, you can't upgrade the storage, you can't upgrade the GPU. You it's it's a lot like buying a gaming laptop for a gamer, which gamers do buy, but or a console it, it's a little, I wouldn't say it's like buying a console because console game developers know that it's not changing for, for 10 years. Whereas the games that you're going to play on a PC or a Mac are expecting this sort of continual progression of performance. So in three years, if my Mac just really can't play the latest game really great, I have to buy a whole new Mac is definitely an issue, right? Whereas you don't have to do that on the Windows side. And that's always been a thing. It's a harder sell for gamers. There's that. And there's the other issue of gaming hardware, like headsets, microphones, gaming mice, stuff like that. There's pretty decent support from some companies, like Logitech does a good job and stuff, but there's less good support from others, especially on some things like gaming headsets and stuff that need different sound drivers to do spatial audio or whatever, you know. Those are not always supported well on the Mac. So you have just less choice there. You can get gaming stuff and they work if you have enough USB ports on your Mac. <laughs> Seems as though the incentive is equally bad, for lack of a better word, for game developers as it is for game gamers. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure if all things being equal, if the same titles were available on day one for PC and Mac, right. This might be a different story, even with the integrated GPU, but they're just not, they're not there. There's a bunch of stuff going on for developers. The f- one is that clearly the financial incentive isn't there. When it comes to, there are pretty good number of Mac laptops out there, but when it comes to like gaming capable Macs and gaming capable PCs, Macs are like not even 10% of the market. So are you going to sell enough to make it worth the work? And then there's just the issue of like, it doesn't support all the same APIs and stuff. Like Apple no longer supports OpenGL, which is fine because game developers didn't really like it and they're moving away, but they moved away to Vulkan for their cross compatibility thing. And Apple doesn't support Vulkan. They make you use Metal, 
which only works on Macs. That's an issue. If you're already going to do a version that's not using DirectX for Windows, what are you going to do? <laughs> are you going to go do Metal or are you going to do Vulkan and try and reach all the... They're not meeting developers halfway on anything. They're just trying to make their inside Apple's walled garden thing better. I, I read a quote from some interview with, I think it was Craig Frederick or something, talking about how, you know, they're always trying to make it better. They're trying to make the case better. They're taking a really long view on this. Nobody's expecting them to make a great gaming platform overnight. Metal 3 is in development and so on. But it's like, well, sure. But how long do you expect a, the game development community to wait for you to get your stuff in order? They don't have ray tracing acceleration hardware. And they're like four years behind everybody else on that. Uh, how how long are we supposed to wait for this? I developed my whole game and, and released it by then. Just to clarify, that interview was with TechCrunch um, mm -hmm. with um, Tim Tim Millet. Uh, so he was talking about working with Capcom for Resident Evil, the latest Resident Evil. You know, you're right. Like it almost seems like they're saying, "Well, you know, what are you waiting for? Like, just come here and do our thing, rather than meeting them halfway." So the the, the quote is. I think the AAA community is starting to wake up and understand the opportunity talking about the uh, the M2 and the Mac. Because what we have now with our portfolio of M series Macs is an incredibly performant, uh, is a set of incredibly performant machines and a growing audience of people who have these incredibly performant systems that can be addressed with a single code base that is developing over time. We're adding new APIs in and expanding Metal and Metal 3. And if you think about the ability to extend that down into the iPad and the iPhone as well, I think there's a tremendous opportunity, which is all great things. But it's basically telling developers, hey, you got to come to us. We're not extending the hand. We're opening the door. And it's a different thing. You know, they these games cost millions and billions of dollars. And yeah, the, the AAA community, the community that spends tens or hundreds of millions sometimes making the latest big blockbuster game isn't going to make your Mac version because that means they can also scale it to iOS because it doesn't belong on iOS. Like it's not the entire input model and UI and everything is it's completely wrong. Like it's, it's yeah, not and they, like a they, separate. Some games version. have tried that. It's, it's a totally different experience. Yeah. And it took a long time for, I mean, Fortnite's the success story there. And it took a long time for Fortnite to get, make its mobile version work well. And it's still yeah. kind of nothing compared to its, PC. Well, now it's literally nothing. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, now it's literally nothing. It's still people, tons of people are playing Fortnite. But, and that was in part because people use Fortnite a lot to kind of hang out and socialize <laughs> without really playing the game sometimes. It speaks to the larger problem of this is not the first time Apple has said like AAA games are here and coming and stuff. And, and they just really aren't. Like to, to, to tout Resident Evil, which came out like a, I don't know, like a year ago on the PC and consoles. Was it two? It's, it's not new. The, the big other big thing they advertised and, and showed off was, um, No Man's Sky, which is seven years old or something. I mean, I think it came out in 2016 or something. And it keeps updating. They keep updating and expanding that game. So it's not like it's an old broken game. But the funny thing is it's still not out yet. Like it's it's on the yeah. Mac Mini page as like a gaming on the Mac Mini like ad. And and it's the, the Mac version still not out yet. <laughs> still. I mean, that's just kind of bad. And But you can just look at the list of any like the top selling, all the top selling games out there. like. 
And the ones that are on the Mac are like, oh, well, couple of games out of like the top 20. And they're the older ones that are like free to play and have been around like Counter-Strike Go or something. It's where there's no Call of Duty. There's no losing Blizzard was a big one. You used to be able to rely on the latest Blizzard game, at least being on a Mac. They were a big supporter. You could get Diablo or whatever, World of Warcraft, all those things. Not not so much anymore. They never they never did Overwatch, Overwatch 2. The new Diablo's not got any Mac thing in the works, unless it's super secret. <laughs> Even like looking at something like Fortnite, you know, before this whole Apple Epic thing over uh, in-app purchases, like Fortnite was updated just as regularly as it is on the PC or the Xbox or whatever else. And the audience that plays that, or the the, the main audience, maybe not the main audience, but a large audience is kids who have iPads. And it still was a drop in the bucket for Epic. They lost iOS and iPadOS completely, and it doesn't seem to have affected them at all. Like, and that one is almost like a like a slam dunk. Like it's it's a it's a it's a game, like you said, it's a social game. Looks great on the iPad, you know, touch touch controls, all that stuff. And it just it just never it never really took off. It's, yeah, it's almost I, like I have no idea how many users they kind of lost when they lost yeah, the I don't mobile know the numbers either. but um and, and it could have been significant but you know it, it well they wouldn't have done so it big, it's like what what do you yeah, epic wouldn't have wouldn't have blown it up if it was that big i i think they can i think they're they're because they have a bigger fish to fry it's they they license unreal and they're and yeah. and they have a game store and they're they stand to do better with those things than just Fortnite, but yeah you never know how much it was it's not to say that there aren't good games on the mac it's just there that's it's always been the case that you can pick out some good games especially some smaller indie games and say those are on the mac but it's always been they come out months later if not more the triple a games aren't there you pay twice as much for half the performance and the game development community kind of thinks of it as an afterthought what game developers typically do is they put out the game on the PC or consoles, and then if they want to milk a few more dollars from it a year or two later, maybe sometimes even longer, then they'll come out with the Mac version. It, for so many years, there was uh, there were several development houses that their job was to be the contract studio to port games to the Mac. So like the, even the original developers aren't making the Mac game. They're either supporting the current one on P- on Windows and consoles or moved on to the next thing. They hire another outside firm and say, make a Mac version of this. And then you get that. And then it never gets the updates and patches or it does later and stuff. That situation's improving a little bit for what few games there are. But but we got a mail about this. Did we get it? We touched a nerve with some with one of our readers. Yeah. So one of our readers sent us an email after posting couple of articles well jason's article and then dan moran uh yeah well, we, we got the email before dan but oh, yeah, dan did. just piled on okay. what jason was talking about so i'm sure they yeah. didn't like that either yeah jason <laughs> focused on the hardware but he also talked about the business of it and then dan talked a lot about gaming the culture of apple and how it doesn't really jive with game developers i've got some um, stuff to say about that as well but let's talk about this yeah. email first so we got this email, uh, and I'm not going to read it, but basically it points out Apple's efforts and what they're doing to make gaming successful. It points out several titles that have been successful on the Mac. 
points out a couple games where Apple helped out with the development of those games. And then it called out Macworld for taking Apple the task uh, about the gaming market and basically said, what are you guys doing about it? Right. When was the last time you reviewed a game? <laughs> right. Which admittedly, we, we don't do much, but I can get into that a little bit uh, as well. It was a targeted and passionate email, but it was very well written, had a lot of good points. The, this person in who wrote the email said that they were thought that our coverage is basically an insult and ridiculously ignorant. That's what this person wrote. And I, I understand where they're coming from. I do understand. And I think we all understand where they're coming from. Ignoring that we're, we don't work for Apple and it's not our job to fix Apple's problems for them. Uh, the fact, the reason we used to make some effort to review Mac games and the reason we stopped is because, is, is not because we don't like to, it's because they're very time consuming as most people know it takes a long time to play and get screenshots and do all that stuff and write, write the thing. And they were just getting no traffic. It's like, it, we're not going to keep putting the effort there if our readers don't want to read them. And I'm sure this guy wants to read them for sure. Hey, I want to read them. I want to write them. We, we have a mountain of data to show that like, it's just wasted effort, which is unfortunate. I do want to read a little excerpt because he mentions a bunch of games it says why not vampire survivors which has become the second most positively rated game on steam last year or hades or tabs trombone champ psychonauts 2 cult of the lamb Senate timberborn citizen sleeper a review of tunics which was praised by uh takanashi kiara uh when did macworld return to monkey island and it said those are all under three years old the most recent would have been tr trombone champs mac release two weeks ago and it's like, well, one, praising games that are th under three years old is kind of, you, like you kind of have to reach deep when somebody says all the hot new games aren't out and you go like, these are under three years old. That's not exactly the hot new games. And that's a lot of indie games and they're great. I love Vampire Survivors. You should run out and play it. It's fantastic. It's cheap and you will be addicted. Cult of the Lamb was one of my huge hits. Reef Tunic for sure. But like Trombone Champ is a perfect example. The one that you said is the most recent release. It was released last September on... Yeah, I was going to say, I remember reading that, reading about that a while ago. Right. And when you read about it and everyone was talking about it, it wasn't on Mac. And it finally came to Mac after the whole gaming community is interested in the other thing over there. And that's kind of a problem. But even more so is it's a perfect example of what an afterthought it is for game developers. That if you go to Trombone Champ's site right now today, trombonechamp.com, buy on Steam. Can I play it? Where can I play it? Trombone Champ has been released for PC via Steam. You can buy it here. A Mac release is currently being researched. Further ports are possible, but not planned. Like they couldn't even update their own website to say it's available on the Mac. It's been two weeks. Like that's how much they care. <laughs> that's not a good sign. Like when their own site, <laughs> it's, I mean, if you click the link and go to Steam, you can down, buy it for the Mac on Steam and that's great. But it's it's emblematic of, well, we, we got these versions out then we spent several months making a Mac port. As far as the as far as being helped by Apple, I kind of ran down some Twitter threads and helped by Apple wasn't like Apple helped in the development. It was I don't know how to get my my app signed 
and Apple helped me out with that. It wasn't like they sent coders over to, to, to touch up your code. It was like, oh, my, I can't get my app signed. The complaints are valid, but at the same time, the exact examples they used are kind of making my point for me. Some of them come out the same time, but they're all indie titles, smaller titles, even if they're great. And nobody's saying anything. The quality is not there. But like the quote, big games that get the big marketing campaigns and that set the whole gaming world ablaze and stuff are more or less not there. They often come later. And then you pay twice as much for half the performance. And game developers continually kind of show they don't care. I don't think that us starting to cover the games more would help turn it around. And just for evidence of that, I say, well, I don't think gaming is any less on the iPhone and iPhone game coverage just got, it used to be a big thing because there used to be an affiliate program for the app store. Apple killed their affiliate program and that killed like all the coverage of games. (laughs) Like touch arcade was like, what are we going to do? (laughs) with our lives they're still they're still kicking around but the number of sites that cover these games and the coverage they do of them is it's very rare it's only when it becomes a cultural phenomenon like pokemon go that it becomes worth doing and i don't say worth doing because we're not making money off affiliate i'm saying worth doing because people don't read about them and yet the the all the gaming (laughs) that happens on iphone is huge so it, it needs to start at the, with Apple. It needs to start at the top. In a vacuum, gaming on the Mac is really good. But if you expand it to the outside world and start comparing it to PC and consoles and everything, and then it, it, the whole argument breaks down. And it, you can't really do it in a vacuum because these are games that, out, outside of like the mobile ports that are brought to Mac, and they're really mobile games, like there's just not games that aren't also on PC. It doesn't go the other way. It's very rare. Over time, we've found that we could be cheerleaders for Mac gaming, but decades of experience, we've found that no matter what we do, we could we could dedicate a website to just Mac gaming. It wouldn't help. Yeah, it right. wouldn't help. It would be a resource for readers, but it doesn't help Apple's stance in the gaming community. Because what needs to happen is Apple, it comes down to money. Apple needs to spend the money. to develop relationships with developers to get encourage them to create titles for the Mac. And then once they invest that money, they have to continuously develop these relationships. Continuous the relationship isn't just one and done. It has to be a continual relationship that they keep going. Apple Right now, it's talking about how the hardware is suitable. That, and that's great. The hardware is great. Yeah. But now the next step is developing these relationships. Um, yeah. I, I remember a day when Apple used to have what they called evangelists. They had software evangelists, and they had a gaming evangelist. And I used to talk a lot with a guy named Ben Calica, who was a, who was a gaming evangelist back in like the 1990s early, late 80s, 1990s. And he was the lead developer at Apple for their APIs that they called the Game Sprockets. He would go to... Oh, the Sprocket stays. Yes. (laughs) And he would go to game developers and talk to them about how, how to use these APIs. And it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. And the payoff just was not happening. 
And eventually, Apple just killed that whole prayer. Well, they they got rid of evangel- evangelists altogether. Maybe they didn't get rid of them; they just stopped calling them evangelists. But then they stopped having a games division that of their developer relations uh, staff. I mean, I come from the game world. That's I I got started back when websites were new. And I mean that in a literal sense when like the World Wide Web was new and like the idea of a professional website was new. I worked for a website called OGR, one of the first gaming websites back when gaming websites were called things like Happy Puppy and Blues News. Eventually, Computer Game Strategy Plus, which got renamed Computer Games Magazine. Like that's where I live. I worked for years and got into PC hardware and then made a shift to covering PC hardware and stuff. And uh, Leif who used to work here also came from the game gaming world and we've each no developers and <laughs> uh we've been to a million game developers conferences and stuff and it's like apple's just not there like you can't expect all the game developers to flock to WWDC apple wh- where's apple's big presence at the game developers conference every year talking to developers about the latest in their APIs and metal why you should do publish for Mac, how to make use of Game Center, like all this, like they're they're just kind of a nope show for all of this. There, there's some stuff there about development for like iPhones and stuff. And it's usually not directly from Apple. It's, it's just that nobody else can afford to just skip on all those things. So Mike's view of it before of like Apple saying, why don't you come here? And, and trying to make a case for that instead of saying, we'll go to you is pretty true. Or even meet somewhere in the middle. Right. Either, and, either literally or figuratively. And that gets into the point of Dan's column, which is that it's not the hardware. It's not the software. Those are symptoms of the problem. The problem is that Apple's culture doesn't get and respect gaming and gamers. It understands it as a business line item. It understands that iOS makes more money from gaming than anything else. It's there on the spreadsheet. There's no gamer culture in Apple land. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about like, it's really hard to, if you look at the senior leadership page on Apple site and look at all the Tim Cook and all the VPs, it's really hard to imagine that any of them go home and play what we would call premium games, you know, something other than like a mobile game or something for fun for themselves, right? Like that, that's the way they spend their thing. If you think about the things that Apple's leadership cares about and has for a while, clearly they understand and believe in the cultural relevance and value of music. And that's why iPod and that's why iTunes and that's why Apple Music. And there's a huge investment over years. You could say the same thing about TV and movies. That's why they've made Final Cut and all this stuff for years. They've gone to all the people who work in that industry and focused on what they need. Now they have their own streaming service. It's important to them. Sports. There are clearly a lot of Apple senior leadership that love sports. And that's the way that they choose to spend their time. And you can see them in the stands at the basketball game and stuff like that. Like You get to see these things all the time and they care about sports and they're making a big investment in sports. But nobody cares about gaming that way at that level in Apple. So you're never going to see that investment because they don't understand it from anything other than a business perspective. So unless they're senior leadership that have that love there, it's just never going to, they're never going to have this kind of sustained effort that gets them out of this box. 
And Microsoft's solution for this is interesting because, I mean, obviously they have Xbox and that grew out of a basically skunk work project to kind of take all the work they were doing for gaming on Windows and build a console. But now the head of Xbox reports directly to Satya Nadella. He's on, he's like one of the number two guys, like it's Satya. And then there's the heads of various categories. And one of them is head of Xbox. And they well, spend for, for a lot of people, that's the identifier for Microsoft, not Windows, Xbox. Sure. And that's, and they invest lots and lots yes. of money and lots and lots of employees and all the other things. Now, nobody's saying that Apple has to run out, make a console and have thousands of employees dedicated just to gaming and own a bunch of studios and stuff like that. But they probably need a reports to Tim Cook <laughs> executive with a lot of leeway to make big decisions for the platforms who is in charge of gaming. And can you ever see that happen? Can you see they're like being a VP of gaming no. <laughs> at Apple? Not even just like a software VP who also plays games, but I mean like a VP of gaming. Even Apple's like only real attempt at this that the Pippin console was a disaster. Oh, that was a good like trillion they, years ago. They just historically been terrible. At I this. mean, yeah, that, and that was so long ago that like I, it's not even the yeah, same. It was Apple. forever ago. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> um, now. The, in the Apple two days, the Apple wa Apple was like the game platform because it was the affordable computer in your home, right? That was very much like the way why the iPhone is such a great gaming platform. Not not necessarily because Apple reached out to gamers necessarily, but like it, this was a gaming thing in people's home that was cheap. I mean, imagine a world where Apple did care about this stuff and the Mac, the Apple TV. The iPhone and the iPad were this force in gaming. I mean, they have all the hardware pieces, as Dan pointed out in his mm -hmm. column this week. It's not a technological problem at all. Yeah. They have the chip, the, the silicon's there, the, the, the hardware is there, the integration is not hard to do. You know, they support controllers, all that stuff. Yeah. It's the culture that's really standing in their way. Right. The solution is not Metal 3. That is not at all the problem you're having. <laughs> that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 827. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.